1: Hey Church Planner, this is Pete Mitchell
2: and this is Peyton Jones
1: and you're listening
2: to the Church Planner Podcast. (laughs) You would think we finish each other's sentences by now, but (laughs) I try to do it all dramatic, you know,
1: give that little one second pause before I said the, the most magical name there is in podcasting and that would be the Church Planner
2: Podcast. See, and it frightened me that pause. I'm not used to such things. This is why we can't have nice things. You know, I was thinking about this this Nightly morning. Nightly at midnight till, <laughs> till 2 a.m. It's the Church Planner <laughs> Podcast. That's so rad. I would love to do that. One of my favorite podcasters has this thing called the Morning Stream. And I just tuned into that thing because they talk about It's like Seinfeld. They show about everything and the show about you're nothing. You're talking about me, right? You
1: said one of my favorite podcasters. Now, what is well, this uh, podcast that I do that you, you're so uh, enthralled with?
2: Oh, 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 uh Church Planner podcast, of course. And uh yes. But you and I were talking about that. How fun would it be to just like have a show where it's all smack talk? But
0: uh, I'm in textbook prison. that's my life.
1: I am like waiting until you come to the dark side and forget all this (laughs) church planner stuff so I can just be like, yeah, I get to have fun. That's it on the podcast. Well,
2: well, the problem is I want to do all these nerd podcasts, you know, like I want to do a World of Warcraft podcast. Dude, I still think it's funny. You
1: came to me saying we need to do a World of Warcraft magazine. I'm like, dude, I think that's a great idea. Have fun
2: with it. Let me know how it goes. And you're
1: like, no, I need you. I'm like, nope. Have fun with it. Let me know how it goes
2: so for those of you that don't know um my secret to ministry in all these years not burning out not quitting not you know sabotaging my own life and marriage is video games and uh and I will tell people they'll say hey what's the secret to staying power and it's not video games it's it's anything you can do that just kind of gives you that little window of feeling human again because so many uh church planners and ministers Everything, they eat, sleep, drink, and breathe their church nonstop. And they start feeling non-human. I mean, I think that's kind of why God gives us a wife, why God gives us a husband, why God gives us kids is so that we can actually just be human, be human beings, you know, go do human being stuff for a little bit. And um, and hobbies. I just want to point out, God didn't give me a husband.
1: I'm just going to (laughs) point that out.
2: Well, we have women listeners, and you know, gotta. I I was quite proud of myself.
1: We have a woman listener. I think. think (laughs) Let's
2: let's couch this correctly. Does do our wives count? I mean, even my My wife wife doesn't doesn't listen. listen listen She tunes in sometimes. My wife just checks up on us.
1: You've got a special woman. My wife is like, "Ah, okay, whatever. Like <laughs> she does not care what I
2: do. Yeah, like when I come to your kid's party and they're like, Who's that dude? And you're like, Oh, one of my one of Pete's foosball friends.
1: Oh, you? No, my kids love you. You're Jesus steak, remember? No,
2: no, I mean the, the other the other adults at the party that want to know who's that guy.
1: No, they're like, Wow, <laughs> Pete actually talks. <laughs> That's what happens when they see <laughs> me with you. Wow, I didn't I didn't realize Pete ever said anything. Yeah. You know. Not much.
2: Not much. But yes, he does talk sometimes.
1: We should actually throw in if uh, this is your first time joining us on the Church Planner podcast, this is what we affectionately refer to as Smack Talk. This is how Peyton and I do friendship. This is our catch up uh, for the week. And you get to be a part of that. And that's usually about 20 to eh, 30 minutes on the long side. And
2: then we get into your church planning goodness. So stick around. So what's funny, Pete, what's funny about that is that, you know, so far they're just like, oh, this is like the banter. You know, like I've come on other podcasts. It's the banter. And uh no, it, it is so much more than the banter. And you, you you know, this is about the point at which other podcasts stop. And I was thinking about this today. That the the difference between our podcast and like I I love Carrie Newhoff right I, I don't listen to I, I was on that podcast funny enough I was episode 100 if you want I to hear think it. he
1: was on our podcast or at least we did an interview with him I don't know if we ever you know what's it. so
2: <laughs> funny you and I so we have a great relationship with Carrie because when nobody knew who I like he was how you
1: say we have a great relationship like I've ever had anything more to you, do with him other than that one interview you're both did. you both have ginger hair Right? So it's like you know what? there's that bond. You cannot say that word unless you are a ginger. You cannot use the term okay. ginger.
2: What do I say? What's the I don't care term? what you say, but
1: that's not the word you get auburn. to use. Auburn? Only my people auburn?
2: can use it. I, I didn't say you're both gingers. Now that would have been, you know, You can't that.
1: even use the word in a sentence.
2: <laughs> there is a concern from us non uh shall I say auburn haired people um, about gingerfication, this process whereby <laughs> things are being taken over. Um, <laughs> through the gene pool. gingerfication that's the greatest <laughs> word ever. That should be our title right there. Um, if I, I made could that spell up it, on I the would. Spot. It's rad. So, you know, but but what was funny is we didn't know who he was, and so early on, we were like, wait, wait.
1: Let's not say we. I don't know who anybody is. Like no <laughs> You're one. Like thinks, I still don't know who he is. People are not like, hey, that Pete guy. He's the guy you go to if you want to get connected in in uh, Christendom. He knows everybody. No, that's Peyton.
2: Well, what what was funny, dude, is that you know we were you know back in the early days of the magazine when he was just getting started. We didn't know who he was. Somehow. I think I read something by him online. It was like the first year of his blog, and I I I reached out to him and said, "Hey, could we use that um, in the magazine?" That's a fan. It was something about like reaching the next generation. He's really good on that. And then every so once in a while, we would go, "Hey, I'd, that's not a phrase, by the way." I'd say, "Hey, uh, what about that red haired guy? Let's use him again." And we would literally put him in there. Not and then we'd be like, "What's his name again?" And and trying to spell it my word, right? Like now I can spell yeah, didn't my can you like
1: tell us my website is carrynewhoff.com and we're like, <laughs> uh uh I'm not sure how to type that into a browser. Can you spell that please?
2: He had a little trick that he would use kind of like RC sprawl, where he'd be like, it's sprawl isn't soul, not sprawl is in Ground." I can't remember what it was, but it was something about how to spell his name every time and uh and I can't I can't remember what it was. Did you see that meme that I posted last night about um, I before E? Uh the weird where it's like <laughs> Kevin's <laughs> it was yet. so
1: funny. I've seen that one before. That's been out for Oh years. my gosh. Come on, I come to me with a new meme.
2: Come to me with a new meme. Okay, not these old all right. memes. All right. Well, I wanted to read it, but Facebook won't let me in right now. Hey, I got put in Facebook jail with uh, with um, Dan Sams. I, but let me hold that thought. I'm interrupting my own train of thought here, um, which happens a lot. Squirrel. But uh, I did want to say it's funny because I listened to, to Carry Every Blue Moon. And um, like he did a fantastic one with some marketing chick from uh, Chick-fil-A. No no pun intended there. see what I did, but she was um oh she was hey, it took me a while I actually had to I had to take a minute and I'm like, what what was the pun <laughs> uh and and I'll be here all all podcast folks thanks for coming and uh you've been lovely and you know when you listen to Carrie, Kerry, Carrie's like you can listen to him because it's like he cares, you know it's like it's like, it's like he like, cares it's like he cares. he's like this, but he oh, does hey um everybody. Uh, you know, I really love it when, you know, and you're just like, this guy's nice. Like he he soothes my soul. I have a friend, right? Like when you feel like you have no friend in ministry, you turn on the Carrie Newhoff Leadership podcast and you're like, he my friend. Like, I have a friend. Like, that's that's Carrie Cares. You know, that that would be my hashtag if I were Carrie, you know, Carrie Cares. Um, Carrie Newhoff. I, I don't know where all these puns are coming from. It's 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 not good. And, you know, but then I was, you know, as I'm thinking this, I'm like, man, that's like the opposite of us. We're like the anti-Carrie Newhoff podcast. We're like the podcast we listen to. And it's like, yeah, you you don't get enough abuse in your ministry. Yeah, come back here, you scumbag. We'll we'll beat you some more.
1: It's not like
2: we've ever had Philip Yancey on and made him feel uncomfortable (laughs) on our podcast. He didn't know. He didn't know the safe word. Oklahoma, Oklahoma. We we need to we need to give a safe word to him if should you know, he ever That should be come part here.
1: of our instructions. Like when we email <laughs> out to someone, hey, here's how you get on with Pete and Peyton. Oh, and by the way, the safe word is Oklahoma.
2: Oh gosh, oh gosh, that would be so great.
1: I think it really would be. And then and, I would love I, to have like, could you imagine if we were interviewing Rick Warren and all of a sudden he just goes Oklahoma?
2: <laughs> like, well, that just you, you can see him say that. it with authority. Because Oklahoma. I could see him say, like I was just as soon as he said that, I'm thinking, who do you think Pete would be the guests who would actually use the safe word because they thought it was funny? And I think he's one of those dudes for sure. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Um, that dude was funny. He was super cool. Um, I just like to drop in every once in a while that we had dinner with him. That's all.
1: I know, right? Don't don't you say it? It's almost like it was an intimate dinner with just the three of us. Not the fact that there were eighty people in the room and ten at our well, table. Except, except at our table was like eight people, yeah. and we
2: were two of them. We were a quarter of the people.
1: I love how when we sat down, like I literally sit down next to him, and we're like, "Oh, oh am, I, am I at the adult table? Where's the kid table? I'm sorry, I picked the wrong table to sit at."
2: <coughs> that that's how I felt. So I literally sit down. You you weren't sitting down yet. I sat down first. There's one space. We are late. We we go in, we sit in the back corner table thinking we're not going to disturb anything. I sit down. There's a space between me and not some to other mention dude. this
1: is for speakers at Exponential. And right. I'm like tagging along with you, like, yeah, I'm a speaker. I'm not a speaker at Exponential. I had no reason to be there <laughs> other than they had food and I was gonna get me some free food. They're like, hey, look, Carrie Newhoff. <laughs> He almost made me spit out my tea on my computer, man.
2: <laughs> so anyway, so so I sit down and, and I look over and I see it's a Rick Stinkin' Warren. And I go, oh, crap. <laughs> he looks up like, what? And I, I go, oh, uh, uh, I think I'm at the wrong table, man. I'm sorry. I'll go sit somewhere else. And he goes, no, brother, you're at exactly the right table. And then you come. And sit down right next to you fill that seat right. and I sit down pee. right next to him. And then I like look over and I'm like,
1: ah, ah, it's, it's, it's Rick.
2: <laughs> in reality, you looked over and looked at me with a twinkle in your eye and said, I can pee next to any man. <laughs> I love it. Do you remember I that talk? It. Yes. Who yes. was it who was it you were yeah? We hold were on, hold on. Talk.
1: Alexa, shut up. She wants to tell me we're supposed to be recording a podcast right now. Like, I don't know. I'm on the podcast.
2: I know. So, we're early. I know, and it's well, so good to be in the morning again. We're better in the morning. We, we thought we were okay last time in the afternoon, but we're way better. That's only because Star Wars trailer had just
1: come out and we wanted to discuss it. Yeah. And I, I, I did talk a lot of smack. You know what I thought was really interesting? That was the first podcast that we've actually had people comment on Facebook about it. And I was like, I mean, in a long time, I mean, uh, months, maybe a year, even since the last time someone's commented on the podcast. I was like, wow. I mean, this is actually a topic we've covered before and we barely just kind of touched on it. And they're like, wow, that's that's food for thought. And I'm like, really? Yeah. Wow. So uh, so somebody's not going back to our (laughs) our episode number one and starting there. What's up?
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, that was episode 333. I know. We're Did halfway
1: to 666.
2: Well, <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> we have to end before that episode. We
1: have to end before the 666th episode. Well, that's all right. We'll end at 665.
2: I was just out in time. Well, it's going to be 111 episodes until well, we get to Well, couldn't it also 444?
1: be 606? Isn't like. The, the translation, they're like, well, is, is it 666 or is it 606? I mean, isn't that like oh. part of the debate? No, I didn't
2: know that. Sounds oh, like a Go look at the footnotes in your Bible. Someone's not reading the footnotes in their Bible. Go read them. Really? 606. I don't know what that means. Boy, that would sure make a lot of heavy metal bands in the 80s mad.
1: Oh, that would also it. really upset everyone about barcodes. Don't you remember mm-hmm. that with barcodes? Like, well, it's oh, a, the first digit's a six, and then the one in the middle's a six, and the
2: one at the end's a six. So everything oh, that's got
1: a barcode is from the devil.
2: Wow you can tell drunk uncles at the party man you can
1: tell i I was raised in a baptist church (laughs) that's all i'm gonna throw out
2: there it it goes back to my calvary chapel days where you know the the beast was a supercomputer in sweden i mean hey you know what we gotta actually i'm gonna i'm gonna announce this
1: because we bought the domain name we got a new magazine coming can i can i tell you about that no 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 you do it no no but can we can we like yeah. What, their, yeah. what their palette? Hey guys, there is a new magazine coming. There's gonna be a whole new whole new thing coming down the uh the pipe. Did you see the uh logos that uh that Ben's designed? I, I emailed them over Loved this them. morning. First yeah, two, baby. That, That's my boat. Yeah, me too. I was like Travis is like, Hey, I like the first one. I'm like, dude, I kinda like the first one too. That was pretty me cool. Too. Ecclesia so magazine, cool boys and girls, Ecclesia <clears throat> magazine. It's going to be awesome.
2: That's Greek to those of you that don't listen to the podcast, so you're not very educated yet.
1: Uh, That's Greek to those of you who just decided, hey, I'm going to start doing ministry. Forget about this seminary business
2: and uh, learning Greek. I'm just going to go (coughs) do ministry, which, by the way, we're all in favor of. (laughs) It's not a derogatory thing. It, it It would be funny to get Dan Sams going, I didn't go to seminary. I just listened to the Church Planner podcast. It'd be funny if we got Dan Sams going, I didn't go
1: to seminary, but I do run a seminary. I run a theology <laughs> class. He did. He he went to seminary though. Really? I have not but sure he did. Who knows? That guy's too smart. How could he have not? Like he's literally yeah. like he he's he's the smartest guy I know
2: outside of Peyton Jones. I was the,
1: I was gonna say. Whoa!
2: Yeah, is like. Is Dan writing a textbook, Pete? Excuse
1: me. No, but Dan is doing a gun podcast with Pete Mitchell, so that immediately puts him as, like, in my inner circle.
2: That's immediately 20 points on the and IQ scale. And he's
1: a scale. church planner. I mean, come yeah, on. Hey.
2: hey he's, he speaks that, that my just, love language. He speaks
1: my love language.
2: But let's be honest, though, right? Like, being a church planner, just you lose 20 points on the IQ scale. We all know we're dumber than most pastors, <laughs> right? Like, if we were smart, <laughs> we wouldn't be doing this, man. We'd, we'd be taking some comfy gig somewhere else. There, You heard it from the Church Planner Podcast. Welcome.
1: <laughs> Where we insult our listeners by going, "This you've got a 20-point deficit in your IQ, just by the v- mere so fact. Kerry
2: would never say did. that. No.
1: Kerry would never talk to his audience like, see, that's why he gets nice things. Well, and that's why he's got a much bigger audience than us. Like, if you think about it... W- We are the longest-running, most popular podcast for church planners, and we are incredibly small.
2: (laughs) In the wild.
1: We are. We we are worldwide. In the wild. We've got listeners in, like, I don't know how many
2: countries. It's got to be, like, 80 or 90. See, I didn't know that. It's it's good. I don't know these things. I you know, walk around with the big head. Yeah, but there's that, like
1: 156 uh, countries. So why are we in all of them for crying out loud?
2: Oh man! See, that's such the entrepreneur marketer in you. What you like? You're focused on the ones that we're not in. <laughs> Actually, not really, because I'm like eh, complete okay, I, world domination. I'm like, I, how do they even
1: listen to us? I don't know what language they're speaking in. You know, whatever little postage stance country that is i don't know so all i really care about is what do people
2: in the u.s and
1: somewhat oh. the uk huh? okay so we're we, not, what we need to ask are.
2: you as our listeners to do something for us um i have no time pete and i were just talking about, i have zero margin i am chained to a desk writing a textbook right now um and today though i am filming um, this afternoon, the Ministry Ninja Show: Church Planning and Money. It's going to be round two. Ten more episodes coming down the pipe. I filmed those today, so that'll be twenty in the can. I'll be almost halfway through uh, the year's worth. Excuse me, I didn't mean to burp on this podcast. See, Kerry would never do that.
1: Yeah, but you do it on like every episode, so I don't
2: understand why I now do. you're apologizing. I do, but see, now I've got like it's like. Like Jiminy Cricket, I've got a little Carrie Newhoff standing on my shoulder, kind of mm. telling me like, hey, Peyton, you know, I'm a little disappointed in that. Mm. And uh, by the way, we love Carrie. We're not making fun of Carrie. We carry Jiminy his Jiminy Cricket. You know, it, it's funny. I think I've talked about this. I got a little, um, I think it's because he's so tall, but I got a little, a um, little starstruck when I met him, which, you know, I hang out you with Ralph him face Moore. to face? <clears throat> I met him. Yeah. And he's super cool. Um Super, as you would expect, right? Super down to earth, super cool. Um, How tall are you? But he's really tall, dude. How tall are you? He's basketball player tall. Um, I'm only five foot seven and a half, and I claim the half because when you're my size, you gotta claim the half.
1: Okay, all right. Yeah, I mean, I'm not that
2: much taller than you, but I mean, you know,
1: I can just (laughs) barely. barely Short.
2: I can just barely shop in the children's section at Target. Like I'm just you on the not. cusp. Are you serious? I, I'm just on the cusp. I'm serious. I remember once there was a shirt that I wanted when I was overseas as a missionary. I came back home and I was like, "And now, okay, now I was a lot fitter. I was running a lot. And so I, I had a little bit less body fat, but I was like, oh, I totally want that Batman shirt and wow. they don't sell shirts. This is back when Target wasn't as, as cool as it is now. And you were like, oh, if you want that Justice League or whatever it is shirt, sure, you got to buy kids. And I bought a kid shirt. Might have been Star Wars. I don't remember what well, it was. Well, you
1: know, speaking of uh, of you know being more fit, uh, so everyone knows if you've been listening to this podcast, I've been on my own little health journey, losing yeah, weight, baby, dropping the poundage. Uh Wayne here in my office has got me uh, working out. He's actually bumped me up to two a days, as I like to call it, as if I'm back in uh, high school doing football or something. And. Uh, yeah. So now I actually, my here's my secret. Like, if you really, really want to look good in a t shirt, mm. you ready for this? Yeah. Buy a women's shirt. Yeah. Eh? Really? Eh? No, no, not at all. Oh, no, that's actually I was pretty, say, uh, it's pretty unattractive. But uh, just. well, I I think of skinny jeans as women's pants. Do no. Here's here, true story on this. right? since I've been in high school. I have never worn anything that wasn't either, you know, back then it was baggy fit, right? Back right, in the nineties, right. those are the good early nineties, back the dark times. Right. The and then Empire. they got to, to, uh, loose fit. You know, it wasn't quite as baggy. It's now loose. So I got this, uh, this thing I got to go to next week. And I'm like, okay, none of my suits fit. Like I, for those of you who haven't heard the story, I'm down like 70 pounds right now. Um, still got another probably 30 to go. So rad. And, uh, so I, I I'm literally there's not a single suit I got that that fits anymore. They are, they're huge. Like I literally had to go buy a blazer just so I had at least a blazer. And I was like, look, I'm not gonna spend money on a whole new suit because I'm not at my goal yet. Right. So I'm gonna have to do it again. And I'm like, I'll just buy a blazer and a pair of jeans. So Jamie gets me a pair of jeans, right? And uh, and they're they're uh, they're just straight leg. So they're not skinny jeans, right? They're just straight leg. And I'm looking at these things, right? It's literally five inches smaller on the waist than anything I've ever bought. Wow! And I go to put them on, and I'm what like, "What waist
2: size?" By the way, are you are you comfortable saying I'm
1: 36 right now,
2: dude? That's that's amazing, dude. I
1: was a 42. Now I'm a 36. My guess is, is when I hit my goal, I'll be at a 34. Wow, dude! So that's so uh, rad. Really so proud of you, man. Well, thank you, thank you. Uh, you know. I, I can tell you. That's man. hard work, dude. I look That's pretty good, baby. Work. I look pretty good. No. So anyway, <laughs> I put on these jeans and I'm like, I thought these were like, I've never worn a straight legged jean in my life and they fit fine. I'm like, oh my gosh, dude, this is like the weirdest thing ever. I've never seen that on me. And I'm like, they're they're fine. It's totally cool. It's That's crazy. rad, dude. It's crazy. Wow. Yeah, That's that. cool. You know what's That's really cool. cool too is- uh, <laughs> Yeah, we, we put out on the podcast, you know, maybe a month and a half ago. I was like, hey, look, we're going to do a small little pilot group. Uh, any pastors that want to get in on this, uh, we're going to do a little ministry health challenge. Wayne will personally work with you um, and get you set up. And some of these guys are having incredible success. Like, Wayne, the, uh, the one guy, how much does he lose? Josh has lost 19 pounds in 18 days. 19 pounds in 18 days. No way. One, one of our pastors. Yeah.
2: That is insane. I was about to say sick, but I'm it like a young person. No, but I mean, and I here's the other thing to too, is wrong. he's like, that's he's rad. a
1: tall guy and he's, uh, six he's six, two. And, and like, now I can just imagine him. I'm like, dude, he's probably like freaking yoked. Like he probably looks great. <laughs> I'm like, you, you, you guys who are, who are so much easier to get to your goals and guys like me, but that's all right. You know, we all, we got to start somewhere. But uh, yeah, so no, I mean that stuff's going going really well.
2: Wow, dude, that's awesome, man! So good to hear that. Yeah, it's cool. Well, hey, so we kind of sidetracked ourselves about Ecclesia, but um, anything else? I don't really think there was anything else to tell other than we
1: found (laughs) we found finally the name that we wanted to use. Oh man, that's uh, that's been
2: the sticking point. Is every week thought any names? No, and this really for like a month and
1: and a half. Yeah,
2: yeah. Like it goes crazy, and uh, we've been. For those of you who with, don't
1: know your Greek, that means the church, ecclesia. So.
2: Yeah, because you know it goes back to you know we'll we'll still continue to do this. I mean, church planting is always going to be a passion, but you know it, it's kind of like this. At a certain point, you got to go up the food chain because um, we we think about it like this: all you guys coming out to plant churches. You, you, we think of it as like, oh, you're the cool guys, right? Like you're you're the good ones, and uh, see, Carrie, Carrie might say something like that to you, um, but but the reality is, um, these other guys that are in established churches that planted twenty years ago, or they've they're servants of God, and they're maybe their church isn't growing and. And they're faithfully holding the door and they're being told, you need to be a movement maker, which is usually like a load of crap. And and I hate to say that, guys, because I know it sounds sexy and cool, but it's just trendy to say it. And the reality is you're not going to be a movement maker. I'm not, m- Most of you are going to struggle to just keep your one church plant going all these years if we're just being honest. right? Um, and, and people don't want to tell you that because that didn't sell. That's not popular. It's not... You know, lo and behold, I'm usually the guy that says stuff that's not popular. But the reality is some of you guys are going to plant and it's just going to be you and 80 people for the rest of your ministry. And that's okay. You know, like you may never hit capacity where you're like, hey, I can multiply. And people are going to guilt you over that. People are going to make you feel less than for that. And you're like, you know what? I I don't see how I can do that right now. You know, and hopefully... With our ecclesia and stuff like that, we can help those guys. Right, and 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 that's because I also have a heart for those guys—the guys that feel stuck, the guys who want to quit, the guys who are, are 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 stopped going to the conferences because they hear all this hype and and you know pizzazz, and they're like, yeah, but I'm not seeing it. And yeah, I I I bought your course on such and such, um, how to break the 200 barrier, and I just laughed. The whole time, like, yeah, I've tried all that. None of that work. You know what I mean? Like, I, I just, I have a heart for those guys. And I think sometimes we have to go back and we have to rewrite uh, what success is, what it looks like. And it would kind of be like telling a guy with no legs. Like, when you tell a, a, the average 92% of church leaders out there that they need to be movement makers, that's like going into a, um, rehab hospital, finding a quadriplegic and telling him, you know, you're going to be a gold medal winner in the next Olympics. That's God's calling for you. And uh, and and it just, I don't think people check that enough. I don't think people talk about that enough and say, right. well, 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 wait a second. Not everybody's called to be the Apostle Paul, right? Like, like Paul, for every church that Paul planted, there was a team he had to leave behind who were going to be there for decades. Like, let's talk about that. You follow me? Yeah. So Ecclesia is kind of like it's, but it's also changing the conversation to kind of help people fit where they are and do what God has called them to do in their spot. And so it's a much broader topic, but you know, then there will be people in that category that will be like, Hey, I do, you know, I know I'm supposed to multiply and I may only multiply two church plants during the tenure of my ministry, but that's, that's cool. Like, I'm just excited. I just want to contribute and you know, boom, boom, boom. Right. You know? Yeah.
1: Well, and plus it's going to allow us to, uh, like you said, handle some of these other areas. Some of the the areas that they'll include will be uh, ministry is, or a uh, business as ministry. Um, obviously my passion is bivocational. Um, and then, uh, uh,
2: Oh gosh, man! I always forget. theology, um, best pastoral practices, some how tos, some ministry life hacks. Like, there's so many cool things that you know we'll be able to share. That'll just, which are you know, in many ways, what we're already doing. But um, church planners, we always consider you kind of a special audience. So
1: well, we're and gonna, here's here's kind of the can't funny quit, thing, you church planner. Well, but, here's the funny thing because you and I have talked about this, and I was talking with Caesar Kalinowski about it yesterday or the day before. And that is uh, church revitalization, so that's right. a really big deal nationwide because so many churches Boom. are shrinking and dying. Right, right. And it was funny because when I was talking to Caesar, and he goes, "Yeah, but you know, when you start getting into church revitalization, you know, all guys want to know is basically how do I move Christians over here from this church over to my church, and you know, get the numbers up so I can get the tithes up or, or whatever." And of course, he didn't mean that for everybody, right? It's just that right. is what a lot of people who were thinking church revitalization. How do I keep this building that's basically empty from closing its doors forever? Because this is my gig. This is my job. And I was like, yeah, well, Peyton and I have actually talked about that. And really, what do you do for church uh, revitalization? You do church planning. But they don't see themselves as a church planner. They see themselves as part of an established church. So, you got to meet them where they're at. And then let me show you how to basically revitalize your church by implementing these church right. planning strategies and techniques that we have to do over here on the church planning side. And I go, Caesar, for you, you're the missional community guy. So, how do you teach church revitalization? I'm like, you teach mission as, or, or, you know, missional yep. community. And he's like, yeah, you're right. I never looked at it like that. I'm like, dude, that's, that's how you just frame the conversation in a way that they now get it. And right. you you start to incorporate that DNA in there. And so Ecclesia magazine really gives us that opportunity to to hit people who wouldn't normally hear the message of exact church planning, but they will be open to it because, you know, it's not under the the framework of church planning, but we still get right. to do all the church planning stuff and keep all well, that stuff going. Like all, all of the
2: church planning conferences, like what people don't realize is like less than twenty-five percent of the audiences are church planners, you know, most of them are senior leaders at churches or churches that think about multiplying, or like you said, churches that go, Hey, I just want to, you know, I I feel like you guys are talking all this mission. Like I could benefit from that. So I'm coming along, but over 75% of those audiences are not church planners and that's okay. And and we've kind of picked up on that, that, um, I think this podcast you don't really stay on that long if you're not a church planner but um but but by and large uh yeah we want to help kind of the wider uh body of Christ out. We there. want People. them to understand the core values of what we do as church
1: planners and in the church planning community and they just won't listen to it because they're thinking of themselves as something other than a church planner. Exactly. So it's not it's not that they see themselves as different, better, worse than anything like that. You just don't identify with the term church planner, right? You know, maybe right. you're part of a church that's been there for 50 years. It's down to 10 families, and you know, you really only need it for two hours a week. It's a building, really. What you got is a right. building, so you don't see yourself as a church planner. But that's exactly. really what you are. You just don't. So we <laughs> gotta we gotta reframe the conversation in a way that they'll hear
2: it, and then we can help them. So yeah, 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 boy.
1: You know what I'm saying?
2: Yeah. Hey, how far by the way before we end Dude, Spat talk? How, f- what?
1: Three seasons, eight episodes. Is that where you're going? Yeah. <laughs> when I said, yo,
2: boy. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Bill Boy. <laughs> <laughs> <That's so funny. laughs> we do finish each other's oh, sentences.
1: As soon as you did that, I'm like, oh, that's Jason. I just watched the episode where they were in her void, Janet's void, and they were all oh in like Janet. Oh, my gosh. Oh, and then my when gosh. Janet's talking like, Jason. He's like, oh, <laughs> never mind. That's Jason.
2: <laughs> that you know what's funny Are is you if you tell watch that show, we're, what
1: we're talking about. If we're not- talking
2: about the good place, if you haven't watched it, I told Pete he has got to watch it, and he was like, I don't know, you know. And anyways, he watched it, and uh, it is the funniest show I've seen in so long. But there, if you watch this one character, Jason, you just got to watch like no matter where he's at in a scene. He's always got this super dopey expression on his face. To me, like, during, particularly during like the last few episodes of the season, I started really tuning in to just watching his facial expressions when he's not even on. Like, he's just in the background and it is funny as heck. And yes, that scene where Janet has to, the actress that plays this character, Janet, everybody gets switched into someone else's bodies. And she has to act like every other character on that show. And it is the funniest freaking thing. When she does Jason, when her mouth goes off to the side, that little puckered up mouth to the side thing, and that clueless expression because the guy's a moron. It is so funny.
1: Well, here's how he died. He dies by (laughs) hiding in a gun safe and thinking he would still have enough air if he had a snorkel on his face. (laughs) <laughs> it's not like the snorkel was going outside of the gun safe. He was just breathing through a snorkel inside of a gun safe. And so he dies. He suffocates and dies.
2: I That's mean, so funny.
1: Yeah. It, I, the first few episodes, I'm like, uh, I don't know if I like this. Cause I don't like how they're like representing heaven and uh, all. And then, you know, I'm not going to spoil it for you guys. who haven't watched it, but trust me, he gave birth to himself. It's funny. And what's funny is I could actually see some of the things that happened in there. I was like, oh, I could totally see that. It's being so in <laughs> writing this thing. textbook
2: right now for uh, Zombie. Don't tell me is, you're quoting that show, please. I t- quote this scene where they go, you no. see, being good in today's world is complicated. You see, in the 1500s, if uh, Samuel George bought flowers for his grandmother, he got 20 points in heaven. And he goes, but today... He uh, he he buys it. He buys it online on a on a computer that was manufactured in China in a sweatshop, and then the flowers were picked by a migrant worker who uh, trucked it. You know, an exploited migrant worker, and the company trucked it across America, leaving an, an enormous carbon footprint. And then it goes on to say, like you know, and uh, the the uh, the flower company. The money goes to the flower company that is owned by a, a racist. Uh, pervert who sends pictures of his genitals to his employees. And so they're like minus 560 points. <laughs> what pervert. I thought well, was funny. And,
1: and by the way, the points are, you know, do you get into the good place or do you get into the bad place? The, the most realistic a, a length, gospel
2: disclaimer, we don't believe that we know that's not true. Yes. Yeah. It's,
1: but the most realistic point in that whole thing is when they go, well, how many people in the last year have gotten into the good place? Remember when they're talking to the accountant? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they go, "Well, how about the last five years?" And then it was like, "What five hundred and sixty-two years since someone had gotten enough points to go into the good place?" And I was like, "Oh yeah, that actually, that that actually is true, right?" Because it's not, and that's what they bring up, Yeah. yeah. You, you, you're not good enough to get into heaven. I mean, essentially, is it would have been better if they'd said, well, actually, no one's gotten into the good place. Right. That would have been totally. No one's
2: b- ever gotten in because of boom, right. boom, boom. But it was still, hey, it was it was still a nice, okay, I see where you're going. Yeah. But, um, but hey, we better get into today's topic, eh? Yeah. All right, Doc, uh, take us away. Great, Scott, it's time for this week's topic.
0: Let's get down to the nitty-gritty.
2: By the way was that like the longest smack talk ever cuz I was out No he was getting up there
1: it was getting up there
2: all right, so today we're going to talk about Kingdom Collaboration. I just want to uh, kind of talk a little bit. Uh, obviously, you guys know I, I keep mentioning it. It's kind of like you know the time I met Rick Warren and had dinner with him. It's like the time I met uh, Stan Lee in uh, the airport in LAX. Um, did I ever tell you about the time I, I shook Stan Lee's hand, Pete? Yeah, you know what, though? You should have asked mm-hmm. him to, to draw a Spider-Man for you because
1: I saw some guy do that, and he took it on Pawn Stars, and he was able to sell what? it for like 1500 bucks.
2: No way. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So, so, uh, uh, but, but it's kind of, you know, I'm writing a textbook and that, that just feels the same. Like I would keep saying that, but I, I'm writing right now about networks and, you know, in, in times past, like the, the church has always st- had structures and organizations that kind of indicate what it feels as important. So, um, for example, like during the, the time of the Catholic church in the West, um, whole societies would be centered around a cathedral right or or the church in the town um, there'd be a, a an enormous amount of money and time and energy and architecture that would go into it and here comes a train you see i was trying to talk fast real quick to beat it <laughs> foolishness but it, the, you know the the beliefs when when uh sociologists go back they say well you know this was a structure, structures and organizations embody the beliefs and core values of any given society. And so when you see how the church structures itself, it, it it's usually centered around a belief system. So back then it was the cathedral, right? And that was the centrality of the church. The church was at the heart of government. The, heart, the church was at the heart of society. It would be right in the town center showing that the church ought to be in the center of everything that has to do with life. And, um, and then when the Reformation came, everything was about decentralization. Um, you know, they got, they, they, you know, actually ransacked, um, many of the churches. They literally toppled them. They, um, burned the insides of some of them, um, because they saw that, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not advocating that this was right, but it was a reaction against the belief systems of the Catholic Church, and what what then happened was, even as you know, in the early days of the Reformation, they then made their structures around belief systems. So you had um, denominations that started to form. You know, you had uh, Calvin in Geneva, you had Zwingli, you had um, who had his own version. You had Luther. You had uh, you know all these different groups that. Uh, the Lutherans, you know, they, they started, you know, well, no, you're wrong. You know, Zwingli and Luther differ on transubstantiation, you know, whether the, the body and blood is literally, uh, the, um, uh, the body of Christ or is it symbolic? And of course, Luther famously starts banging on the table. This is my body. This is my blood. And they get in this big heated argument and there's councils and there's all these debates and, um, and everything became about sectarianism right and so protestantism whereas like the catholics had the cathedrals protestants had denominations right because you don't have catholic denominations You, you have the catholic church right um for uh protestants it's been about schism over belief systems so you would say that today you wouldn't look at the physical structure of the church. The church doesn't care where it meets. It can meet in a park. It can meet in a warehouse, but where our structures and organization fall is along, a, a is along party lines known as denominations, which are around orthodoxy and orthopraxy, which would be right belief and right practices. Like, you know, do you like the Baptists? The Baptists formed around orthopraxy, the right Practices. We baptize adults, right? right. Um, we don't baptize infants. Um, so, so the the church, the Protestant church, in a, in a big way, has been very sectarian, if you want to put it that way. Well, inner church planting, right? Where am I going with this? Inner church planting. Over the last few hundred years, um, church planting has been largely sectarian, and today. What's happening with this generation coming up? And and some of you will know this. Some of you out here, you are what I'm about to describe. To you, it's not so much the right beliefs. It's not so much um, the right practices. Um, and within the realm of orthodoxy, like primaries, you know, primary orthodoxy, things like the Trinity, things like you know, the Virgin Birth, the the Apostles' Creed. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about secondaries, like. Who do we baptize, right? Like, um, you know, let's talk about sanctification, right? Wesley's view or you know, non Wesleyan view. Um, do we ordain women or not, right? All these things that you can um, divide over. But for is the that church, you?
1: are you keeping? Yes, text it's just
2: freaking like, dude, stop
1: texting me. I don't know how to because you know uh, right now, like every one of our listeners is like looking at their
2: phone, going, "Is that my? Is that my phone I texting know. right now?" I know. I it's thought like, I had oh, it on vibrate. It. What's up? No, it's because I'm using my laptop, and it's—I don't know why it's—it's it's doing that. Um, I've got all my sound going through my headphones, but for some reason, it's doing that. Except for that. <laughs> Except for movie. that one thing. Yeah, it's chiming. So, anyways, um, all that to say, um, today's church planner, and particularly the next generation of church planner, doesn't give a rip whether the plant that they're planting is a Baptist, a Methodist, a Lutheran, unless they're party line holders. But that that has been eroding because the new structure that the church is starting to form around is what we would call local networks. So local networks would be um, like, look at uh, Brian Brian Sanders. Did you just drop your coffee? No, I just hit my freaking... Um, you know who's ironically texting me is Chris Langham saying, Hey, let's swap microphones. Cause he ordered this microphone that I cannot stand and he wants to trade me because the pop filter that he got for this microphone doesn't fit this weird space curvy, um, highfalutin, uh, mic stand. So you, it gets knocked off if you breathe on it, which I frequently do breathe on it. But um, but anyways, so going back to this, um, this structure is changing. Denominations are starting to become less and less important. I was reading something by David Fitch, who's a missiologist, who said, hey, when I get together, I got together a few years ago, and almost every single one of the heads of denominations uh, that was in the room said, we're tired of investing in traditional church planting where we used to because... It's largely sectarian, but they said over 90% of them fail. And that's been our track record. And because over 90% of them fail, um, we feel it's a waste of kingdom resources. So one of the things that to me, um, some of you guys know, and this isn't a commercial, I'm just mentioning it, Um, I started something called Citywide um, Training, which is where you come together. No, no,
1: no. Give them the full name. (laughs)
2: <laughs> it is not citywide jump school. Um, it is citywide church planner training. And it's basically the idea that you collaborate across networks, across denominations, and across um, all these other party lines to say, hey, we just want to see church plants in our city. right?" Because it, it's kind of like, hey, we're kingdom minded. Uh, there's a, a, a great chapter um by a guy named uh, 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 shoot um, Tom Bernardo who wrote a book um and, and I'm trying to remember, I'm interviewing him tomorrow on this book and then I'm blanking out on the title so I have to go over ministry ninja to, to get it but it's, um, see, see it's what something he did
1: there see what he did there
2: <laughs> I think it's called the truth about church planning and it's with Zondervid. um so he he literally he has his chapter it's a brilliant title it goes We're kingdom minded until you show up, mm. right? Because you're the church planter, and the, it, until you show up, we're a kingdom, and once you show up, it's like, you know, um, you know, it, it kind of like it says, you know, church plant uh, in my city, to God be the glory. Church plant in my neighborhood, that's another story, mm. right? So it, there's this, this, I would say, uh, this weird, it sounds good when we say, hey, we're kingdom, 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 when it comes down to it like i'll never forget um how much grief that i took um for uh, basically like you know i'm not gonna go there i'm not gonna go i'm gonna hold off you know what you know what i'm thinking i'm gonna hold off i'm not gonna fight i'm gonna behave i'm gonna calm down i'm gonna wait a minute (laughs) hold up um but i i got a lot of sector i got a lot of territorialist thinking like, oh, what are you doing over there with that new breed, you know? And, and, and the reality is, you know, I would tell people, hey, new breed's no threat to you. New breed's not. But again, when we plant, um, nowadays, if if it's sectarian, it's, it's Paul says it's sectarianism. Right? I'm with Apollos. I'm with Paul. I'm with this. And this next generation starting to see through the sectarianism. So like, for example, certain networks will tell you, you can only be a part of our network. You can't be a part of another network. Oh why? Um, if you're with our denomination, you can't have dual affiliation. That was when I first joined the Southern Baptists, it was because they duly affiliated. Right. And I was like, hey, that's rad. Like I would literally, like a race car, put every denominational sticker on my church plant if they would have it. I'd be like, hey, yeah, you're all welcome, man. Let's plant. You know, vineyard, boom, pop it on here. Presbyterian, boom, slap. Pop that on there. You know, Methodist slap, pop it on there. Let's do this. Come on, let's kingdom collaborate. And this next generation, that is how they are. The young people today don't care where they get the support from. They're just saying, support me. And, you know, there, there are guys out there that are just out for a money grab. But there's also church planners out there that are like, no, I just want the coaching. Like new breed, people would come to us. From other denominations, going, hey, and th- and this is all changing now. I mean, that was part of the work that I did with Southern Baptists, was uh, through Mac Lake, helping to bring them training, and but the reality is, um, most most guys out there, they would come to New Breed, going, hey, we just want training, we don't want money. You know, and over over the years, notice noticing trend, and and one of the the refreshing people people come like be like be like so 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 well 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 you 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 denominator 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 we want we want we want new breed new breed new breed not 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 here to have have you us us new breed is here to support you in doing your thing, which is church planning. And I really think we're entering into a time, Pete, where as long, long as the church plant, um, is as long as it's about the network or, or the denomination r- rather than about uh, what's happening on the ground, on the ground locally, then w- we're missing the boat. And I think this generation seeing th- It's kind of it's kind of like church planting isn't about Jesus anymore. It becomes about the church plant. That's it's like a place where like your focus is off, right? Like like you've got your eyes on the wrong thing. It's a type of idolatry, right? It's kind of like the Old Testament. They go, go, you know, they melt down this this all this silver in the Book of Judges, and they melt idol, and idol, and idol. Lord, the Lord, the Lord, our God. Or like the golden calf, you know, Lord, the Lord, the Lord, God delivered us, delivered us out. You're saying all the right things, but that's actually a tree. a tree.' your eye. Your eye, your eye thing, thing thing word The word, a word. Your eyes, your eyes are on the wrong thing. And that's what happens in church planning. Church is never meant to be about a church. I'm, I'm reading Brian uh, Sanders book uh, where he writes about networks and um, I'm trying to remember what it's called, I think it's called microchurches. And um, I'm reading so many books right now, it's crazy. Um um, but, but his book, you know I think that's funny because I'm
1: actually watching so many TV shows right now.
2: It's totally crazy <laughs> <laughs> that's so rad. I'm reading at an an unprecedented rate right now. I can't believe how fast I'm reading, and it's all driven beer fear like oh, I'm not gonna get this book done man, faster faster must go faster but uh, but you know it's it's a um. I, I really think we're in a time where um, people are going to stop caring about the broad network, like the network that's nationwide, that, you know, kind of like if you plant, you have to give us like 5%, 10% of whatever your church takes, um, you know, so that you can keep the network going. Church plant serves the network. I think what's going to happen is in future, you're going to look at church plants, um, that that are going to be crossing the aisle and working together collaboratively to plant together in a city or in a local area, maybe a county. Like picture, like the county of San Diego or county of LA or like wherever New York City. Um, those are local networks, and you're going to see people banding together. And here's the difference: whereas I said like the old uh, uh, kind of structures and organ, they were organized not around, you know, the the architecture like in the Catholic Church, but in the Protestant Reformation, it was organized around belief, and then eventually it became organized around, you know, uh, practice, um, like orthopraxy. You know, this is the right way to take the Lord's Supper, or this is the right way to baptize. Um, the, what is organized around in the future is mission. And people are just going to say, you know, I don't care how you baptize babies or not. I don't care about how you make communion. I don't care about who and what you ordain. What I care about is are we reaching people for Jesus? And that's where the local network comes into its own because the central um, focus of that is mission, the Great Commission, the the whole reason the church is still here. And I, I just think somehow that is closer to God's heart. When Paul says about sectarianism, that um, it's carnal to say, I follow Paul, I follow Paul, I follow Apollos, I follow Cephas. He says in that context, therefore, there must be differences among you, you know? And, and these are secondary uh, differences. These are secondary opinions. I mean, when you look at the church in the New Testament, I um, I kind of feel like everything we have today, like Pentecostalism, I just see that as like the Corinthians, you know, the Ephesians, I see them as like, you know, kind of like a more words-based where they don't have so much experience. That's what they're struggling with. Paul goes, I pray for a fresh spirit of wisdom revelation. Like every cross-section of the church today has existed back then. You know, there were different flavors of churches, different types of churches, um, different things going on in different churches. And, uh, you, you know, it, it, there wasn't one size fits all in the early church and there isn't today but the mission of the church was the central driving factor hmm. interesting I, I know i told you because like a little egg it today
1: so let's let's just take a couple of minutes then and address what what are you suggesting and how you work with other local churches like let's get them some practical application yeah. in all of this
2: So, one of the things that I think, um, and this is part of what was doing with Citywide, we're actually formalizing this because, gosh, like when I first started church planning, I I started with a bunch of people all over the shop. I had Arminians, Calvinists, I had Pentecostals, Cessationists, and I had a a very well-respected guy that I to this day respect. And if anyone was going to scare me, he was going to scare me. Um, he was the equivalent of like a Tim Keller for the UK, and he just said, "Peyton, that won't work." Um, he was one of my seminary professors. He said, "That won't work. Um, you, you, you guys have to be unified on all these things." And I, and I, and I thought about that, I, and I came to my belief and opinion that no mission is the centralizing figure because I, I laid it out on the first, very first night, guys. I don't care about all these secondary things. I care about two things. I care about glorifying Jesus and reaching the lost. And if, and if that's not enough to unite us, then we got big problems and that worked, right? It went down like a charm. So then I said, look, here's my tradition. I am bringing my pets to war. No one got to bring their pets to war. We were going to war on enemy territory. We were taking captives and we were focused on, uh uh, reaching the loss. and nobody owns a church plan. I even said, I hey, don't care if it's here in a year. All they care about is reaching the loss. And if they want to filter into others, or churches when we're done. I'm cool. And by the way, that's the first thing. The first practical thing is don't ever make the church, the focus, make mission, the focus. Mm-hmm. That's a crucial difference. Keep making mission the focus. If you make mission, the focus, a church will come out of it. Right. If you make church the focus, mission won't necessarily come out of it. And you, you your church plant will probably die because mission wasn't this. focus. So that's the first thing. Mission, we, we know it biblically. We know it practically. practically. Tell, tell Chris um, we don't care. I, I, I'm keeping the microphone, dang it. No, that's a notary <laughs> who's coming now. So anyway, <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. I can't mute it because if I mute it, I'll mute all my sound Then I can't hear Pete. Let's not do this He's talking. Let's not do that. T- which is not happening, which I hog this all the time. Uh, but... You know, but the the second thing is um, to look at funding. Um, um it, it, church planning is free, all right. Like you don't have to fund church planning, really. But plan- church planning, it, it, even though it's free, it, it's sure nice when you can pay for stuff. You know that you, you know you can have nice things. You can you can do a bunch more when you have money, and that includes mission, right? Like Paul definitely funded mission. To Jerusalem by taking the collection, yada, yada. So we helped the Jerusalem church reach Jerusalem. So funding and mission are often, they often go there together. And, um, so you fund and, and you, I, I would say practically, let's say you come together citywide and you do a citywide network collaboration that someone from each denomination or network is represented on a board. It's, and it's not that you're going to bottleneck by every decision made by a committee but the, everybody has a vested interest in this right and that may, you may multiply outward and you know you might duly affiliate uh- um, you might, uh, even plant a Methodist church out of a church that's a hybrid. Um, but you could come together and you agree on that. So it's a centralized strategy. So, so this board would exist for a centralized strategy. Um, um, and was also centralizing funding that would find mission, not their own individual church plan. Secondly, uh, or thirdly, you would also have a, um, an assessment together. That you assess uh, um, for that city, but what, what what kind of church planner you're looking for, for, right? And and one of the the genius things about this is it, a leadership pipeline comes into it. We we call it we'll call it leadership pipeline because it's trending right now. But in the old days, it just meant good old fashioned mentoring, raising right. people up, mentoring them, and, t- and taking with on you on everything. And so you know, if you're like Presbyterian, you got for go before a Presbyterian. If you're a Methodist, you got to go to a Methodist seminary. And it's not that you're circumventing all that. That can all be done still. But but you are you're campaigning. Like maybe you say, hey, well, we've got this guy. We um, don't think in this city we have enough, you know, impetus to to get a church plant up and running. But it did something together and it grew, we could multiply and that church could have a grandbaby that would be a Methodist church. And, or it would be some thing. And that this is kind of what I'm saying is if churches church are shared by these networks and denominations, what's the harm in that? Where it gets tricky for denominations is if they've put, again, the church in a place where the church exists to serve the machine of denomination. Rather than the denominations exist to serve the church, right? Right. And what we're finding right now is the, is the denominations are shrinking anyways, and they're having to do staff cuts, and and they t- are are starting to wonder. Have we got this the wrong way around? I was recently in an annual meeting for a denomination, and I sat in and I heard these exact thoughts being communicated. So we've started to wonder if our people ought to just be pastors or bivocational ministers that are serving the denomination but no, they're no longer fully funded. It's because it's so top-heavy and it makes it so that the local church have to feed the corporate machine and then they're like, for example, with the denomination, they were like, they were like hey, hey, we're sending, you know, I, I can't remember how much it was. It was some like 40% of their budget for their area was going to, to, I mean, they made, they made this complaint. It's going to, uh, um, basically, the, uh, to feed big, big superstructure. And they said, imagine if we afford 40% of our budget to give back to this area for mission. And everybody just groaned like, like whole crap crap when you met in that kind of perspective, that's, that's amazing. Th- so this is why I'm slowing local networks, um, um, are probably the way of the future and it's what you had in the first century. So exa- for example, um, yeah, when you asked me to fly a bit out a bit, I you know we got to wrap up here, but when you asked me to fly a bit out a bit, you've got, um, you know, you know, Ephesus is the hub. And it plants the seven other savages of Asia, Clavica obviously destroying a volcano. There were, there were eight originally, but by the time Revelation's written, there are seven. So you, have, so you have the seven savages of Asia. They, they all have them out of Ephesus. Um, all, they all planted teams. Mul- multiply out- outward in a spiral pattern. Graphically, if you look at the order that Jesus mentions them, scholars scholars think that order the order in which plant planted because it, it just branched out in a circular spiral pattern um, um, from this which was the. Um, and so uh, uh that would be the existence of a local network planting was that was hardwired to multiplication. Their leadership pipeline was put in place by Paul who was lecturing day Hall in the Hall of Tyrannus, and was he was literally um he was creating a church, church planner factory. So that's, lo- that's a local network. So so much so that Jesus addresses them as a a, a unit. So we're kind of talking about organizational structure. Uh, that, that seems to be an organizational structure that was recognized in the first century, and it, and it was based on church planting slash mission. Mic drop. Cool.
1: I dig it. in other words, uh, reach, out, reach out to others in the community. Uh, come up, just sum it up with that
2: or, or, or yeah. What? Yeah. It starts with a meeting. It starts with a meeting of saying, hey, who want what we want to do. And, and, uh, and again, citywide, I'm not, I, I did not, I literally did start, start this by thinking, oh, citywide, you know, um, you can go to ministry ninja.com and you'll find, uh, uh, you can, you, know, you can email, say, hey, say, hey, because I haven't actually published, um, uh, this this publicly. We, we literally launched launched our first training, training thing citywide. But it would it would start with me and we're we're gonna be putting all these materials together. People do people do this to this, this stuff. Training, training I found, found is always the centralized acting factor for people. So you train together You assess together, you need to train together and have you have a local, local network that was formed out of the planters that have trended together for a year, it forms itself, and mm. and again that kind of you know you know just governing the body that's is a local network. It doesn't belong any to any one of those denominations or networks. Literally, literally would be something like you see when you see something called say, the San Diego Chinese Planning Movement or the um, Los, Los Angeles trench Planning Movement. Um, typically in Southern California, Stadia just put those. T- Together, Baby Stadia uh, uh, would be first, first to say now. Ba- oh, back when we did that, we, uh, we operated differently than how we operate now. We now we do this, and and it's less st- Stadia. Whereas, whereas back then it was about bringing you 80 Stadia, Stadia. Now right. no, know, know it's it's not that, about that. So that art starts. Hold hold the meeting. Cool local, local leaders. It's vision. Vision. Going. Get going.
1: So so uh, let me let me just correct something that I said earlier. This is uh, from Revelation 18. 18. Uh, oh. this for wills for wisdom let let one who has understanding calculate the number of the beast for its number or, or for it is number of a man his and his number is six 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 six. A little footnote there you go down the footnote see the manuscript six six one six. six. so uh oh yeah. man I'm so glad you got that up yeah no you know hey i mean saying uh, hopefully have some have 616 as your area code just, that just means the whole area is is doomed
2: <gasps> i just got a 616 called this Oh no just cr- just crossed my... F- I love I love it. love it I love it All right uh, um Pete P- uh uh you know is busy busy doing all the uh collab- collaborations across networks and nominations you know you know even looks into city wide up you're you're quite a bitch plan- church planner you don't have time for things things like booking and payroll how are you going to make it in today's world you know I am glad that
1: you asked that cuz uh I would over uh, to 1616 church, com. <laughs> 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 and, and I'd reach out Josh. Josh Henry, where over there at simplechurch.com And I and I'd say, hey, I need uh, help here. Help here, simple church in my church. Can you help? Know what he You know what he'd say? It's six, six, and
2: sixteen dollars a month. A month. A month. <laughs> <No. Went> away. <laughs> it's, it's not. <laughs> 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 you're hey, hey, thanks for being on the sponsor of the past yes, uh We got you guys over there. Uh,
1: uh, so next week, when there's no sponsor on the Church Planner <laughs> Podcast, we, we all buy.
2: <laughs> P- it's Payton, it's the best our it. show our show. Let's be honest. It it, it, the segue the into the commercial is usually a better commercial. commercial. But so. hey, gu- hey guys! This has been Pete and, P- and Pete Mind reminding you if if you want the ones, the ones, no one's, ing- ing, you need to go where, go where nobody's going and do what what nobody's doing. What? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>